0: What is going on? Welcome to the second episode. We have made it to two episodes of the Vines POMCAST. Uh, my name is Nick Kirby. I am your host. Joined uh, by our regular contributor, the Reverend Will Matthews. How are you doing, Will?
1: I'm good. How are you guys doing
0: tonight? I- I'm doing I'm doing well. Good. Uh, good to have you on, as always, Will. And uh, we got special guests tonight. Kind of a legend around, around Liberty Flames country. One of the good guys out there kind of become a friend to me from afar i've never actually met chad in person but we've got chad on the show chad is it hassan i, I should have asked how, how, do you, how do you actually say your last name yeah you got it man chad a true professional if you haven't listened i think i don't know if it's their their latest podcast but the the podcast that uh, chad and john did where chad interviewed richie mckay i was like taking notes chad is such a good interviewer i was so impressed uh with chad but chad how are you doing tonight
2: Man, it's been a long weekend. It's been a long weekend. Uh hoping hoping that this talking about talking through our feelings tonight will uh be some good therapy. <laughs> this
1: is a group hug session, right? Yeah.
2: Now. I'm hoping. I'm hoping I need it. Absolutely. We'll
0: try to we'll try to keep the, the positivity, the uh the the good vibes flowing. I don't follow all of Liberty Flames athletic as close as you guys do. Uh it started out really well. It looked like hey, we're gonna have a really good weekend here friday afternoon with the, the field hockey win and uh uh and it, it didn't didn't end that way but you know what hey it happens you know it's it's good that the games matter we watch a lot of games that didn't matter at all and and so at least you know i don't know we take some solace and at least these games matter at least they 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 you know we we, we care about them and we we uh, uh we're invested in them and uh uh, we do have high expectations. And that's because of a lot of good things that have happened that have kind of got us to this point. That's...
1: Yeah, I, I was thinking about that today, Nick, about how um, seven, eight years ago, I didn't have any expectations, you know, for, you know, maybe for football on a tempered level, but for basketball, not really, <laughs> not so much. So, you know, all things considered, it could be a lot worse. Yeah, it almost felt
0: like, you know, we'll, we'll get to kind of each of the games. It's kind of like when we lost that like the Iona game on Friday. I was like, I was like, man, this almost feels worse than like some of these like big South quarterfinal losses that ended the season. <laughs> you know, like I had like that feeling to it, which yeah, that's a good thing we're at that spot. But uh, let's go through. We're going to break down each game. Uh, we'll go in chronological order. So I-, I know the LSU game happened nearly a week ago, uh, but uh, started off Monday night. Uh, LSU 74, Liberty 58. Liberty led with less than seven minutes to go, had a five point lead. The game at that point uh, felt like just about a, close to it, a, a flawless performance from the Flames. Um, looked like maybe on a potential for um, a win that could get you an at-large bid in the NCAA tournament. But it, it fell apart at the end. Flames ended up with 21 turnovers, that, w- and it, that was their worst turnover rate percentage of turnovers per possessions in a game since January 2nd, 2018 against Charleston Southerners. So you have to go all the way back to big South era for, you know, a game where, where Liberty turned the ball over at that rate. Darius McGee had, had 22 points, um, uh, played, played pretty well. Brody uh, Peebles really uh, provided a great spark off the bench, had no fear to just went right at a quality SEC team. The Flames were 10-point underdogs in this game. They lost by 16. It was clearly, obviously, much closer than that. So, overall, I don't think you could be too upset with that game. I mean, it was a missed opportunity. But, overall, I mean, Liberty pretty much did what they were supposed to do. We'll start with Will. What was your thoughts on overall in the the LSU game?
1: I wasn't surprised we lost. I was kind of hoping we would keep it a little bit closer at the end than we did thought I think we saw the A-Sun freshman of the year come out in brody uh he played off he played like he was a little pissed off a little bit there you know kinda through the second half um but I liked it I thought it was you know he showed out looking forward to the rest of his season.
0: he almost felt like he was more aggressive against l s u than he was against Regent, which was just. <laughs> You know, I don't know. Maybe it was some of that was just, yeah, you know, it's the first game. You know, you don't want to do too much, but uh, he he went right after him, and yeah, I thought that was really cool. Chad, what was your thought?
2: Uh, you know what? Headed into the game, I was really nervous. Um, Will Wade, even dating back to his time as an assistant with Shaka Smart, uh, they've always run that havoc defense, which is basically high pressure end to end, create turnovers, and it's a wild brand of basketball. It's it's like it's the exact opposite of what we run in the pack line. And I would say that, you know, where we start at the rim and protect out, they start, they're all over the court. And then once you make it to the rim, you got a a pretty easy look seems like. Um, So I was a little nervous headed in one because uh, Drake had not been playing well. He didn't play well against Regent. Uh, He he didn't have a good summer according to uh, John and, and all those that covered the team over the summer at a sea of red. Uh, So I was a little nervous about our ball handling. We had heard and seen Kyle road was going to be our dominant ball handler. So put all that together. You got Will Wade's havoc. You got us not having a ball handler. I was just, I was nervous. I was like, well, if we don't, you know, and, and then we come out. So losing, I wasn't surprised. It's not that we lost. It's how we lost, man. We came out and looked really well. We broke the pressure. Kyle, had one of the best defenders on ball defenders on him all night and looked like he did pretty well uh, considering. Um, and then and then in the second half it just kind of went down and, and um, you know, I was kind of disappointed to see that Darius was so aggressive in the first half. I think he had like 11 shot attempts in the second half. He only had like, uh, I want to say six, if I remember right. Um, so, yeah, uh, I was really nervous. Uh, I actually when you take a step back and look at it i think the game was a positive we showed that we can handle that pressure and beat those types of teams we just didn't get it done that night so overall i would say it was a positive we learned a lot about ourselves um you know since then we've added a ball handler to the group but we'll talk about that in a little bit but overall lsu uh it stung a little bit because we we really showed that we had the ability to win that game um but overall we learned a lot about ourselves and i think we can compete against those havoc defenses
1: i think uh the most frustrating part about that was you're right we did show the ability we could have won that game but it was like we beat ourselves at the end of that uh just a lot of little turnovers and mishandling of the ball was very frustrating to watch that
2: yeah 21 of them 21 turnovers yeah. and, and uh it's, it
1: seemed like it all just came in like one spot <laughs> you know
2: yeah and and Drake continued his uh, poor performance in terms of being a ball handler, which is which got scary because, you know, it's like we're turning to Darius. All right, Darius, you're our lead point guard. You have to create your own shots. We also expect you to come off screens and hit threes. Uh, you know, so we were expecting a lot out of him. But overall, LSU, not a bad, not a bad performance. It's just how it happened. It was kind of kind of a bummer. Yeah,
0: I think on its own, if, if the rest of the week doesn't happen, I think we kind of mm-hmm. look at that as, um, I would say, yeah, more of a missed opportunity than really like a, you know, just disappointed, didn't play well, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, it, it did, you know, kind of, you know, our biggest fear was kind of exposed a little bit in that game, um, you, you know, with, with the ball handling issues. Um, and it was really everyone. I mean, <laughs> no one could, 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 Good hold of the ball. A lot of credit to LSU. I mean, they, you know, uh, whatever Will Wade, you know, kind of lit into his, his his group at halftime. Um, it, it really, it really, you know, carried over in that second half, and and uh, they just completely, you know, got 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 liberty out of out of our game that was scoring points, you know, in the half court with ease at times. Um, I mean, they were getting great shots against an SEC. Defense with with that, that super long and athletic, so yeah, I mean I think overall, it, you know, it's it's maybe not like a super positive, but I, I don't think it was a super negative either. Um, let's move on to the uh, the Iona game. Um, so Liberty uh, completely fixes the turnover problems in the Iona game. Um, in fact, I, I tweeted this stat out uh, earlier. This was the third best game in the Ken Palm era. So Ken Palm era starts with 2002. So since it, at least 2002, this was the third best game in terms of the lowest turnover percentage. I think the Flames had a total of, oh, I've lost it. I think they had like five or six turnovers. Like it, it was a, they, they completely <laughs> fixed their biggest issue, but then they couldn't make a shot. Um, it was the worst three-point shooting game, 20%. Um, since the 2019-20 A-Sun quarterfinals. Uh, then you see it on the graphic if you're watching. 50 points was the uh, fewest points scored in a game since January 25th, 2020, when uh, a game I never want to ever talk about again, when they scored 43 points at Stetson. Um, <laughs> so, like, Liberty played great defense in that game. Um, they came out well. I mean, they came out really strong out of the gates, um ha- had a pretty healthy lead but then iona closed the half on a the first half on a 16-2 run um and then you know Liberty just couldn't couldn't hit a bucket i mean i just there's not much more to it a lot of it is iona they're good defensive team they're coached by rick patino uh who for all his falls is a really darn good basketball coach so i don't know will what is your what was your thoughts on you know on the iona game
1: yeah just frustrating uh shooting Four for twenty uh three points that's not that's not typical liberty offense, and I really wanted to beat Rick Pitino. just I just, he looks like he's in the mob. I really mm-hmm. wanted him to lose. I feel like somebody's gonna come after me now that I've said that, but I don't think we're that big
0: yet, so <laughs> I think I think you, you should be safe. <laughs> Chad, what was your thoughts on the, uh, the Iona game?
2: Yeah, I guess, um, again, I was hesitant. Like, we had to get our ball handling issues. We had 21 turnovers. Iona, again, Rick patino a really high-pressure type defense. Uh, I think we faced two of – they have to be two of the top three or four pressure defenses we will face all year. In, in back-to-back games there with LSU and Iona. So I was nervous, headed into the game, knew it was going to be a tough one, and then you just can't make threes. And, uh, you know, we had open looks. And, um, you know, I took some positives from um, Vinzant, got his first start and 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 looked good. He, uh, he gets his hands – I don't know if Ken Palm uh, keeps track of deflections, but I think Vinzant will be top ten in the country in deflections if he gets the minutes – He's he he gets his hands on everything. Um, You know, they don't always come as turnovers, but he's getting deflections. And then uh, more DJ Moore, burned his red shirt. And uh, McKay kind of um, alluded to, you know, asking him to burn his red shirt. I guess he wasn't seeing what he wanted to see out of Drake as as none of us really were. And, um, you know, I think I think it was a positive. I mean, again, that was a high pressure defense. DJ only had one turnover. Um, so yeah, I, I took it as I mean, we should have won that game H- had we shot better. Um, but you know, I, I I follow you pretty closely, Vines, Palm, uh, Nick, and I. You were exactly right um, when you said that uh, we got our poor shooting performance out of the way because you don't want to have that in the tournament because <laughs> you come out there and shoot twenty percent in the tournament, you're losing to the eight seed. It doesn't matter. I mean, you cannot overcome that. It doesn't matter if it's Iona. Or uh, Kennesaw State, you know, and, and they're the eight seed and you're the one seed. You shoot 20 percent, you're going home. And uh, so I feel like we kind of got that one out of the way. I don't know what it was about, um, if it was the, the gym, the rims, the inexperience. Um, so I think if I had to chalk anything up from Iona, the, the one positive I would take were the two freshmen, um, Moore and Vinzant really um, established themselves as, a, as contributors for the rest of the season and then uh the negative is really just uh almost as a positive we got our we got our terrible shooting game out of the way. I do not think a Richie mcKay team will shoot twenty percent from the three point line uh for the rest of the season so uh you know it's stunk to law to lose that game, but um you know. Shooting 20% against a Rick Pitino high-pressure defense, we, we probably should have lost by by more than four points. So to even have a chance in that game was kind of a positive. And, and I know I'm a super optimistic guy and always looking for the positives, but I mean it is what it is. We shot 20% and we still almost won the game. So yeah, that's my takeaway.
1: As you drink your Kool-Aid. <laughs>
2: yeah, I and had I don't- to have a super, super tall glass tonight.
0: I don't think uh, Disney's is an NCAA tournament site, so we should be good. Never, never send the kids back to Disney. Um, yeah, just yeah. The defense was great in that game. Liberty played phenomenal defense um, the entire game. The effort was there, and, and some of the the shooting was Iona. You know, playing really good defense, um, and, and maybe some of it could be attributed to. You know, um, the ball handling not being able to get enough good looks. But there was a lot of good looks in that game that just didn't fall, and you're going to have those games. And, yeah, I'll say it till it blew in the face. Hey, uh, take get these games out of the way during the regular season because, I mean, especially now, and we'll kind of get into this, I think, after we recap the rest of these games. Um, obviously, we're not looking at an at-large bid this year, which was always going to be a massively long shot. Um, so really, the only three games that matter are the ASUN tournament. Like none of those other games, you know, other than, you know, you know, positioning for a seed or, you know, feeling good or anything like that. The only games that matter is the tournament. So get these games out of the way now. Um, and, uh, yeah, whatever. But uh, again, I think this game on its own isn't that big of a deal. I mean, Iona was 10th in the mid-major poll. We were fourth. I'm sure Iona's going to pass us when the new poll comes out tomorrow. Um, so, I mean, look, this was a good team. Liberty was only a four-point favorite in this game. Um, so, again, on its own, you know, early in the season, tough test with a lot of new pieces. Um, but, yeah, it, it stuck. Any other thoughts, fellas, gentlemen, on uh, the Iona game?
2: Yeah, I, I, just, I think uh, you hit on something there that, McKay actually was quoted as saying, uh, "I think it was yesterday." Basically, said after the LSU loss, "We're not an at-large team, so let's let's start." After the LSU loss, we're immediately not an at-large team. So, exactly what you just said, we start building. We start putting, getting those young guys that are going to be contributors minutes. We start playing in a way that's uh, more more of a uh, foundational type of play, if that makes sense. I mean, we're not. We're not pulling out all the stops to win every single game in terms of uh, minutes played and things like that. We're we're still going to try to uh, get the young guys minutes, get DJ Moore in there and burn his red shirt because we are focusing on those three a tournament games now. Once we lost LSU, it feel, feels like that maybe the 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 stop at least the minutes given to guys is is changed a little bit. So. Yeah, I think it's important to point out that um, we went into Iona and Manhattan here coming up with uh, you know it's not win at all cost. It's uh, let's build let's build for the future. And you see that with Zant getting his first start at Iona, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, uh, would he have started? Have we beat LSU? Would Zant have started? I doubt it. I mean, but now that we're not an at large bid, it's time to start laying that foundation to build for those three games that you're talking about.
0: It's going to be really, really hard for Liberty at, at, at any point in the near future, especially when we're still in the a to get an at-large bid. It doesn't matter really how good the team is. You take a team that's maybe a borderline top 25 team, like from a Power 5 conference, pick, any, pick LSU, and you put them with Liberty's schedule, they're going to have a hard time making the NCAA tournament. I don't think enough people realize that because you have to be – almost perfect like things have to go right like when we've seen some of the the mid-major teams that have have been able to get at large base i I remember this is quite a while ago but remember murray state uh our our boy i think it was the year after he left uh bj jenkins uh the year after he left they had like that year where they went like 28 and 2 or something like that they got in the top 10 i mean they won like a lot of like last second games where you know like almost it was almost in some ways fluky to to do that. So you have to have so many things just go right. Um, I'm hoping that 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 if you get into the Conference USA or when you get into the Conference USA, that there's multiple top 100 teams and you have enough opportunities to stack wins. Because I just – Liberty's system isn't really built for Ken Palm in, in a lot of the metrics because we don't blow teams out. And it's really hard to – you know, inflate the numbers on that, because, you know, in order to, you know, have your Ken ranking kind of match, you know, what you need for an at large, you have to be beating teams by 20 plus points. And it, that's just not really realistic, you know, for us to do consistently. But yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. And it's all going to come down to the, the conference tournaments as it is. And three in a row is really, really hard to do. Four in a row is going to be really, really hard to do. You know that's another thing we can't take for granted. You see every single year,
1: you know, number one seeds from other leagues fall. Those games are tough. Where would you rank the A Sun? Because you know, I don't think it'll happen. You just don't want to get you don't want to win your tournament and be a first four or a sixteen seed. You know, I mean, where do you where do you kind of project us to be at at the end of the season? If we win the tournament. I know still early if it was, you know, like,
0: let's say, let's say that that Liberty went in with their like Ken Palm ranking right now, which I won't get into too nerdy on this. And I, I'm not, I'm not like, I don't know. I'm not a know-it-all on everything Ken Palm, believe it or not. But from what I understand the rankings right now, a lot of the ranking is including last year and it also includes prospect ranking. So we get the benefit of last year. We lose probably some of the prospect stuff, um, so that's probably why we're at where we're at. Um, and, and it doesn't. It's like around January first. I think it changes every year based on how many games everyone's played. But I listened to a podcast with with Ken Palmer, the guy who does this, and he says around January first, everything falls off and it's completely for this year. So the Ken Palm rankings until you get into January, it's not really indicative of this year. Now mm-hmm. it's it's fluctuating as as you know you're getting more data in. But it's like a slow curve where it slowly, you know, drips off of your preseason projections into the actual real data of this year. So that all being said, right now, Liberty is at 123. I think that probably and and the net can be quite a bit different. But I think that probably is more of a 14 seed range for Liberty. I think that's probably where we've dropped. Um, we were at 92 entering the LSU game. We're at like 122, 123 now. It changes like every hour as games come in throughout the day. I think we probably – because that was about where we were at the end of last year, and we were a 13 seed. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we probably have dropped from a 13 to 14. 15 seeds, it's pretty bad teams. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's the old Liberty. Um, I, I, don't, I don't see a path – and I could be wrong. I don't see a path where – if we win the conference tournament, we're like a 15 seed. I think 14 is as, as low as we could possibly go. Um, but it's, it's going to be an uphill climb to, you know, get back up into that 12 range. Liberty's kind of like almost locked in, you know, 12, 13, 14. Like I, I think, you know, unless everything goes right and you get up to like an 11. Does that kind of make sense?
1: Mm-hmm. I'm, know, writing it, I'm writing it down that you said we we're going to be
0: a nine seed. nine seed i would i would much rather i would much rather be an 11 seed than than an eight or a nine seed every day um uh, if you're an 11 my goal as a fan of a you know of a college basketball team would be to make the sweet 16 get me to the sweet 16 whatever else happens is gravy that's like you know you get into the second weekend it's just so much different than just playing in the first weekend First weekend's great, it's awesome winning one game. You know, we remember the one the over Mississippi State, that was great, it was awesome. But you get in that second weekend, that's where it's just everything's so much better. So, that's always my goal. Uh, an 11 seed has a significantly better odds than an eight or nine because you're playing the one in the second round. Hard to see this Liberty team knocking off a one seed, and I'm pretty optimistic. But you know, could we knock off a a, a six seed and then maybe a three seed? Yeah, you know, if you get the right one for sure. So that's my my rant. All right, let's um let's get to the I don't know if I want to touch this game, but the the Manhattan game. This was the rough yeah, one. Yeah. This was the one that really stung. You know, there's other ones you can kind of eh, whatever. LSU, you were 10 point underdogs. Iona, you were only four point favorites. It was a close game. But it was a 10 point favorite in this one and lost us by 16 points. And it was this final score was not like the LSU. It was actually way worse than that. So, man, that's a 26 point swing in terms of, you know, the, the, the basically a 26 point underperformance in this game. Uh, started out decent. Manhattan closed again, had another just brutal end of the first half. Uh, Manhattan closed on a 13 2 run. Uh, Manhattan shot 77% from the field in the second half. Um, and this is one of the worst offensive teams in the country, which, you know, uh, yeah, yeah mcgee was two for 11 0 for six from three and i know you kind of already touched it up, but i had here in my notes um mckay said to the the sea red guys uh he apologized for the team performance and said that's not representative liberty basketball and i take full responsibility the way we played just you gotta love richie i mean just you know this guy's just perfect like i, I don't i, I don't I want to just like you know be a richie stan on the show but it's hard not to be like I just i love the guy i mean like that's the quote he gives you know after all he's done you know i'm i'm sorry i apologize you know like richie you have nothing to apologize to me don't apologize yeah you you don't have to apologize but yeah i don't i say someone say something
1: else about this game um i'll be brutally honest i turned it off at halftime (laughs) my wife was decorating the christmas tree and just watching so many missed shots from within a foot of the basket. Um, I just thought, you know what? My time is better served with my family decorating the Christmas tree. So that's what we did. And I had planned to go back and watch it before we did the um, the video here. And I, I couldn't bring myself to do it, especially after that field hockey game. I just couldn't bring myself to go back and watch it.
0: No one should have to rewatch that second half. <laughs> no one. Chad, yeah.
2: you got any, any powerful yeah, thoughts? Was, no, no. I, honestly, guys, I have been taking all of my takeaways from uh, John Manson's <laughs> articles, and so I will just I'll just stick with the script here and go with his three takeaways. And uh, one of them you alluded to the defensive struggles. That one, that one is the most concerning, most surprising, most disappointing. All of that, we let this team just kind of you know what did you say 76% in the second half i Se- 77 yeah yeah 77% in the second half and and we're supposed to be built on defense um and then the other two takeaways are confidence seems to be an issue uh you know john nailed that one I, it's it's like and then lastly, he said that Darius wasn't getting clean looks and, um, you know, ke- teams are keying in until we have that second scorer step up. But here, here, here's here's the overall thing. Once we realize we're not an at-large team, I, th- I think that Vinzant will end up being our best defensive stopper. Okay, I think that Brody will be our second leading scorer on the team. He has to be our second leading option. I mean, he has the... Offensive ability, you saw that a little bit in LSU. He's going to be really inconsistent. But And thirdly, I think DJ Moore is going to have to step up and be our big-time ball handler. And so when you're resting on three true freshmen as in those roles, we're talking best defensive player, big-time ball handler, uh, usage stat. I don't know if Kim Palm keeps up a usage stat, but DJ Moore is going to lead the team in usage stat. And Brody is going to be our second leading scorer. If those three things are true, then we, I mean, we're going to have games like this where we're, they're just trying to figure things out and uh, we're going to be leaning on those guys pretty heavy. And uh, it's really just too early to do that. So uh, yeah, it was disgusting to watch. I was, I was really disappointed, but I do have to say, Nick, I, I I love the quotes from Richie. I've never seen like, like I was like you the whole time. I was like, coach stop like it was making me so uncomfortable like you don't have to say all this but he was brutally honest with uh where they were and 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 what they needed to do to fix that and um one of the things that stood out to me that I actually saw and noticed during the game a little bit was they were making even after they made the right pass so Teams are double-teaming Darius. It's, it's very evident. They're double-teaming Darius, and he's passing out of it. We're making the right plays, but then we're getting into to Kyle and others who are have wide-open looks and aren't attacking. We're not attacking off of that good uh, pass out of a double-team. And uh, so I think we just need all five guys to step up and be more aggressive offensively and not just lean on Darius. That's kind of what I've taken away from these three losses is yes, Darius is a is unbelievable. He has the green light. He he can he can go, but you know, teams can shut down one guy like that. We need all five guys on the floor to be able to attack and how many open shots did we pass up in Manhattan, in the Manhattan game? How many times did we not take two dribbles and get in the lane At least collapse the defense a little bit so we could kick it out? We just were happy passing it around the perimeter and getting it to Darius and be like, "All right, do your thing." You know, our goal was to get the ball to Darius and get him shots, and uh, you know that's not gonna not gonna win games. So, hugely disappointing to watch. Um, I, I'll I'll go back to the very first thought was the defensive performance was the most disappointing and the most shocking. Really, you, you think that these freshmen come in, you don't really have to you don't really have to have confidence to play an incredible defense in this system. So, yeah, I kind of sucked all the way around and uh, looking forward to getting a win to get that taste out of our mouth really soon.
0: So the second half, I, this is what I wrote down. I didn't feel like it was just this giant lack of effort. Cause when you see 77%, you're like, did the guys even, were they even trying? I really didn't feel like that watching it. It just felt, it felt like it was very undisciplined. It felt like, the offensive struggles just had, and it's, I mean, they're, they're humans, you know, like you can't hit a shot. Your guys are good shooters and no one's hitting a shot. And I just think it kind of just, you know, stemmed its way over into the defense. And, you know, when, when you're frustrated, maybe you lack a little bit of focus, you know, maybe some of those, the, those, those disciplined principles, that you know, the backline you obviously have to be super disciplined with, um, you know, sometimes it can, um, you know, if, if you're not, fully in it you know it, it can kind of uh collapse on you i think that's just that that's kind of what happened um but yeah i mean the quotes it's just you know it's just the thing i love about richie is you know he's not like this big like raw raw guy that you know just um you know has these big fiery quotes but he also doesn't hold back either and he's honest and and and, and you know i i i definitely like that so will you have any other thoughts on um well, the Manhattan I mean,
1: game? It, just, it was just kind of the – I don't know. Besides field hockey, it was kind of the cherry on top of the bad weekend. Yeah, if the first half I was kind of flipping back and forth between that and the football game. And that football game kind of felt like, okay, I'm throwing the towel in on football season. I don't know that we'll win another game this year. Uh, the way we played that one. And then – after the Iona game, you kind of look forward to the Manhattan games thinking like, OK, we're finally going to get a win this weekend, or at least we should. And we didn't. But just to say, I haven't thrown the towel in on the basketball team. It's still early season. I trust Richie. I trust the system that he has and the staff. And so I'm still looking forward to the rest of basketball season. It was a terrible weekend. Um, so I have more hope in the basketball team than I do in the football team at this moment. I don't know what, if Chad agrees with that or not but that's where I'm at.
2: Dude, I'm trying to deal with it all. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to believe right now. I'm 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 in a whirlwind of emotions, so trying to trying to just talk with you guys and work it out, but yeah, I don't know, man. Football had a tough loss, basketball. Um, again, I think that we once we lost to LSU, I think we changed our philosophy of basically playing time and building a foundation you're not going to play if you don't learn the defense, that type of thing. You know, had we won that LSU game, I think we would have come out and basically uh, had a different, different kind of style of play against Iona and Manhattan. But um, yeah, I haven't thrown in the towel on basketball at all. It, Nick made a great point. It's all about those three games in, in eight March, you know, and, um, you know, we're, we're, we're slowly going to crescendo at the right time is my thought we're, we're building up to that.
0: Yeah. I mean, every, just about every Richie McKay coach team for Liberty has gotten significantly better as the season's gone on and, and with so many young pieces and there's so many just new rotations on top of that, you know, um, guys just being asked to do more Kyle road, being asked to do, you know, more ball handling and, and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, Look, Liberty is still the heavy, heavy favorites to win the A. Sun regular season, and it's it's not even close. Jacksonville State's going to be a good competitor, but Liberty's still the heavy favorites in my mind. Um, now, winning the tournament, I mean, that's a crapshoot. I mean, it's, you're going to have less than a fifty percent odd, even if you are by far the best team. Um, so, like, we can't just bank on winning that every year. But but I, I, Liberty's going to have the best chance of any team in the conference to do that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe we're not the fourth best mid-major in the country right now, like like we were coming into the LSU game. So maybe our expectations there were a little too high. But I, I, I don't, I, I don't see any reason to not think this team can't win the a ASUN and get back to the NCAA tournament. Which ultimately, that's the the the, the main goal. I mean, do you guys still feel? you know, like Liberty's still the, in the driver's seat in the, uh, the a son.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, yeah. We, sorry. Go ahead, Chad.
2: Yeah, no, I just, I agree. I think that uh sweet 16 was kind of my expectation, but it's kind of wild to say that when you have, like I said earlier, three of our m- biggest contributors on this team are going to be freshmen. So, Uh, We're kind of in that wait and see mode. Can we get to this? Are we still like sweet 16 expectations? But no, to answer your question, the expectation in the driver's seat is still, uh, it still comes through Lynchburg and, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to, to be in that conference this year while we're, while we're kind of watching these freshmen grow up a little bit. And another point about Richie getting the best out of his players and the rotation. I don't know, Nick, if you've noticed and, and will, but it seems like in these early non-conference games, we play like 10, 11 guys. And then as we get in closer to Christmas, it kind of whittles down to maybe nine or 10. And then come conference play, Richie has seven guys that he trusts and plays. And then even into the tournament, it get might even get shorter than that. We might only play six and then play one guy, just if somebody gets in foul trouble. So I think we're still figuring out who that top six, seven conference rotation is going to be. So uh once we get there and we get those you know who is that going to be is is drake going to get any minutes in conference play um blake and shiloh are they both going to continue getting heavy minutes uh you know i don't know i hope they do i hope i hope that those three guys step up and play but you have these young freshmen coming in and pushing for those playing times isaiah warfield is another who um, Richie had a lot of great things to say about after Manhattan. So the rotation is going to be one of those things to watch because I've followed Richie, uh, I don't even know how many seasons now. I mean, but it seems like that come conference tournament time or conference play, regular season play, we have seven guys and sometimes eight. So it'll be interesting to see how that develops, and uh, I think our we're still a heavy favorite in the in the in the uh, ASUN.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point on the, the rotations and how it gets kind of whittled down as the season goes on. I mean, last year we saw a B play, um, um, heavy minutes, um, you know, in, in those, those early season tournaments. And then, you know, it was pretty much non-existent, you know, once we got deep into conference play. So um, I would expect maybe the rotations are maybe a little bit longer this year just with all the talent. Um, But I think we kind of said this last year, look, you'd always rather have just a super talented roster with so many players that you have to figure out playing time for, but there are challenges, you know, it's not easy when you have this many capable players, this many legit division one, you know, starter or fringe starter type players, you know, on your roster. It's, it's hard you and, and, you know, we all want, you know I, I, you know, I see some of the, the the tweets and stuff. We all want the best guys on the floor at all times. But we also want guys retained. And we didn't lose anyone. Everyone else in college basketball lost all kinds of good players. High major programs got guys plucked with the new transfer rules. Richie didn't lose anyone. And there's a reason for that. So kind of one of these trust the process things on, on some of that. Um in terms of, you know, guys getting minutes and, you know, Richie might be like, Hey, you know, early in the year, you know, Hey, I'm going to, we're trying to figure out rotations. I'm going to give some guys some more minutes. I I want to make sure we build into these guys. And, um, and, and I don't think he's, and I don't want to, I don't want to sound like he's only doing this just for retaining purposes. I mean, although obviously that's part of the job, but I, I think he genuinely cares about all these guys too. And, 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 you know, wants to give everyone chances to succeed. So um,
2: yeah. Yeah, I have a quick thought about that. And something that I talked with McKay about last week, and uh, basically he wants everybody to taste in that success. He thinks that team success, hopefully all of those guys are saying, okay, I'm part of this team and we we do this together. But something that he said over the summer that really stuck out to me, I don't know if it was ever in an article that John wrote, but um, during the recruiting process, we're hosting these guys who are – you know, we're hosting the George Washington, the thirds and, and, and all these like stellar recruits. And one of McKay's comments, I don't know if it was a public comment or not, but basically that the idea was our most important recruits right now are the 13 guys on our roster existing. To your point, Nick, it was like uh, we can't spend all of our time and 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 all of our effort getting more talent and more players in here. Uh, with the way things are in the transfer portal, we need to keep the guys we have. And he did just that. I mean, so you talk about recruiting um, part of the recruiting process now is that retaining. And he, he, he knocked it out of the park. I mean, we have guys like a B and Warfield and even Jackson. I mean, last year prior to the season in, in practice, Jackson was a three-point just dead eye he had probably one of the highest percentages in practice of shooting threes I actually anticipated he was going to be a part a heavier part of the rotation than any of the freshmen Um, so it just goes to show you that he kept those three around and, and and that was hard to do considering the minutes they got and and not just the minutes they got but who they had in front of them who weren't leaving so yes recruiting big deal but retaining the players you have on your roster and developing them and letting them redshirt, letting them kind of grow into this. That's why we have Bryson Spell, who committed to us over Cincinnati, sitting on the bench in warmups, not even playing this year. It's like, wow, you talk about growth of a program. We have a guy who chose Liberty over Cincinnati, who's sitting on the bench and redshirting because he knows he's not getting the minutes this year he knows he probably won't get the minutes next year he's kind of biding his time and he's going to spend five years and grow in the program so we are at that point where we have some talent sitting on the bench and uh we are kind of like exactly like you said trust the process let's build it uh brick by brick here we don't have to we don't have these one and done type talents that we have to win all of these games immediately we can kind of build like i said earlier to this crescendo in the ace tournament have
0: you watched the uh, highlights of of bryson
2: oh yeah 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 i have my, i've watched
0: oh my yeah. goodness yeah uh, oh like the, the yeah shock. how's he sitting
2: on how's he sitting on the bench right now we've got this tall guy who can make everything it'll be a help and and you know what kyle says about him is that he is very good at everything he says he can handle the ball, he can rebound the ball, he passes the ball, he shoots the ball. And every like I remember at a timeout in Manhattan game, I'm sitting there and like we're just like struggling to find anything. And and it kind of pans over to him and he has his glasses on like <laughs> studious glasses in a warm up. I'm like and that that thought about what Kyle had said was about him being good at everything. I was like, man, is it too late to rip the red yeah. shirt off this guy too? Can we use him right now. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, he wants to red shirt and that just kind of goes to show you what kind of, what Richie's selling. Richie is selling, Hey, come sit in this program for five years. And for two of them, you will be dominant and you will have great success, you know, and and the guys are buying it and he's telling them the truth and it's what's happening. So we just have to uh, trust the process. Like you said, it's hard after a weekend like this, but uh, I – I I mean, 3 Pete in the A-Sun and have a heavy favorite this year. I mean, is a 4 Pete a thing? I, I mean, Richie has all of my trust in the process. So, that's that's kind of where I'm going with that. We're going to win the A-Sun title, and every year
1: we were in the A-Sun. My man. Yeah, it's just a, a B.
0: Like, I was shocked that he came back. I mean, the dude dropped 19 points against Purdue, an NCAA tournament team last year, and couldn't get minutes. Like – he had to be teams that would have been yeah absolutely come we'll, we'll let you play you know we'll, let, we'll, we'll guarantee you start next year and a b if if there's anything else like just look at him and say wow there is a incredible foundation for this program there is an incredible just desire to play for this this program which is awesome so all right um i can't believe this has gone like over 45 minutes I, I thought we had like 10 minutes of material you guys have been awesome thanks so much um wanted just to touch on the upcoming schedule kind of the next five games uh the next two um against two of the five worst teams in college basketball uh couldn't come at a better time normally i'm like oh we gotta keep playing these these Miac teams i am I, when i looked at the schedule uh in the second half, at some point during the Manhattan game, I was like, "Thank you, thank you." So um, now, I certainly didn't expect to lose to Manhattan. So, and I, I definitely not in the stage of of wanting to uh, uh, take anything for for granted. Um, but these are two games that that Liberty's going to win. Liberty's going to win these games. Um, I, I think you know uh, Cookman on the road, you know, might be a little bit closer. I think we'll blast Eastern Shore, um, and then I think we'll be coming into Missouri. Hopefully with some confidence, you know, cause that's definitely something that that's needed right now. Um, and then another Delaware state, I mean, there's 358 teams. I think there is and there are 348. So I mean, you see, like, these are three of the worst, the worst teams. So hopefully a good time to rack up three division one wins that will, um, because non-division, like the regions, they don't help your, your rankings. Like they're just, they're nothing. They're basically, they count as a win, but they're exhibitions. They have no bearing on your, your, your metrics. Um, so um, hopefully that can. And then if you know, Stephen at Boston, that'll be an interesting one as well. What are your guys' thoughts? Well, what's your thoughts on the upcoming schedule?
1: Yeah, I mean, after watching that Manhattan game, I just hope we're not in some kind of stretch where nothing is just going to go right for the next few games. I think these two games right here, I'm just kind of along with you. Cookman, um, who knows? Uh, but Eastern Shore at home. I just, ho- like you said, hoping we have some confidence going into Missouri. What a huge win that would be. I mean, that would just carry us in through the rest of the out-of-conference schedule and into the A-Sun, like just riding on cloud nine if we beat Missouri at home.
2: Yeah, I kind of alluded to it earlier. Confidence was the issue as one of the main takeaways that, and Richie commented on. So definitely some confidence boosters. And I like that one of them is on this Florida trip too. I mean, the team is down in Florida for two games, uh, and then and then they're staying down in Florida and playing at Daytona Beach for Buth- Buthane-Cookman. Um, so I, I like that It's kind of part of that, that trip for the team. So they're kind of ending that stretch with a win, hopefully, and they don't have that bad taste. So, you know, you know, you get what I'm saying, like, you don't go down to Florida, get beat up and then come back and you're like, well, I never want to go to Florida again. You know, it's like, we go down to Florida, we lost the first two, but we kind of got it together for the third one. And then I also like that Maryland Eastern shore is at home, getting us prepared for December 2nd. So, I definitely think these two games are godsends right now. I mean, with ending the Florida trip, starting a homestand, I think uh, that against two teams who are 354, 355 and Ken Palm, I think they're exactly what the doctor ordered and uh, looking forward to getting that confidence. I know that I've said this a lot about Drake. I think that Drake has the ability. I think he has the skill. I think he can do it. I think it's all confidence with him right now, but that's just a kind of a microcosm of the entire team needs this confidence. So these two games, one to end the Florida trip, one to get back home, uh, both could be huge confidence boosters. Uh, and honestly, you know, after watching Manhattan, I- I'm, I'm with you, Will. I'm like, let's not drop these or it's, it's, it's definitely like uh, DEFCON if we drop these, if we drop these games.
0: Yeah, I'm an optimistic dude, but if, if if Liberty loses one of these next two, uh, I'll be in full panic mode. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, you can't lose one of these next two. You gotta win that. Hopefully they're uh, hopefully they spend tomorrow at the beach, just you know, relaxing. You know, kind of getting the, getting the minds right and all that. Um, I, I don't know about Tuesday. I, I kind of did some some research. I, I don't know if we can watch this game or not. It's on like some sort of like. D F S N TV Daytona. And they have like some sort of subscription, but if you click the subscription, it, it doesn't say anything. So I don't know. I'll tweet out a link if there's a link to the game. And if I find any info on it, cause, uh, you know, obviously out in Ohio and I doubt there's going to be very many Liberty faithful down there for the game. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully we can find a way to watch this. If not, we'll have to, uh, uh, listen to, uh, I think it's Nick Pierce on the trip, right on radio. We'll have to listen to Nick. Uh, yeah
1: it's a nice break between Eastern shore and Missouri as well. Hopefully that'll play in our, our favor, get rested up a little bit after a sh- tough stretch of games. And then, uh, those two games almost back to back with a day in between that Stephen F. Austin game looks sneaky. Good. Kind of like that grand Canyon
0: game, you know, remember yeah. a couple years ago, kind of it's on a neutral floor, but it's in Texas. So, um, I don't know how neutral that is. It's like just like the Grand Canyon. It was a neutral game, but it was like, you know, right down the road for them. And they had a ton of fans. Mm-hmm. I don't know how well Stephen F. Austin travels. Um, but yeah, I know the the guys on the NASCAR podcast are, are friends over there. We're talking about it. It was just a really weird schedule for Liberty to start the year. I'm sure this was not the way that, that Richie would have wanted but you know, like, you, there's only, you know, when you're in, a, in like, Liberty spot, you're kind of at the mercy of other teams. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, they would have preferred to have, you know, Cookman and Eastern Shore replacing Regent, have those be your first two games, then you go into LSU. But, you know, if you want to play LSU, you're playing LSU whenever LSU says, hey, we want to play this day, you know? Like, that's, you're kind of at their mercy. So, it's a kind of a brutal way to start the season, but... Um, you know, hopefully it can just be kind of one of these, you know, you know, growing experiences. You never know what flips the switch. You know, <laughs> remember when Liberty got blasted by Lipscomb at home and then beat them twice, you know, turn around and beat them twice. So you never know what's going to flip the, sh- uh, the script or, or uh, you know, what'll what'll kind of, you know, turn things around. But um, hopefully this is that. So uh, any any final thoughts, fellas, before we get out of here tonight? Will, any final thoughts? No, good Flames. Well, Chad, thank you so much for coming on. Really uh, uh, appreciated your time tonight. Love all your work over at Sea uh, um, of Red. Uh, if you're a Liberty fan, you're following Chad, but you see his Twitter handle. Make sure you're following him. Make sure you're reading the articles at, um, over over to Sea of Red. John had a really, really great story this morning uh, that I retweeted uh, with some quotes from McKay, so make sure you check that out. Uh, we'll try to do another show. Hopefully we have two wins. Maybe we could do another show before Missouri, kind of preview that game. Because uh, that'll obviously be a big matchup. But uh, thanks so much again, everyone, for watching. If you are watching, make sure you uh, subscribe to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Liberty Channel, uh, Liberty Classic Games, so uh, you can see all the uh, all the shows when they come on and, and when we get when we schedule shows and stuff like that in the future. Uh, everyone, have a great night. Go Flames. <laughs>